This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 532, recorded on April 19th, 2018. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find news, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. Mike, finally, I think, we're in spring. Today was beautiful. Weather looks like it's going to hold for the week. What do you think? Uh, I've been following the weather more than ever this week because I'm going on a hunting trip uh, this weekend. So we need good weather. So I'm hoping so. And it looks good. So I think this weekend and maybe into next week, we'll we'll see spring finally. We haven't seen spring in Nebraska. Or maybe we it's, saw it for like a day and then it went away. Yeah, it's gone. You know who hasn't seen spring yet? And it may be a f- couple more days is that Aaron Lawrence. She, Aaron, you got some snow on the ground and it could be there <laughs> for a so while. <laughs> we just had a whole bunch of snow here, about what did I say? Four or five inches. And uh, it it only today kind of got above freezing for the first time since what I believe to be last summer. So, well, hopefully spring Woo-hoo. is on the way. By the way, for, you can use centimeters. We've got, we go. We can, you can say 10 centimeters if you want to on that. Okay. That's okay. We've, we got some folks who understand it. Mike and I don't. because <laughs> we're Americans. You won't know what you're talking about, but people in our chat room will, they might know. In our, in our, everyone else in the world will go, oh yeah, 10 centimeters. Yeah. But on the Americans, we can, we can leave them out. Of course, we won't leave them out on the show notes. We post the show notes each week out at theaverageguy.tv. This week, Erin has provided us some great show notes that all go back to the posts that she's done. I'd appreciate it if you'd head over to the show notes right now, go to the averageguy.tv slash, right? And then go HGG352. I know it's a lot to remember, but HGG Home Gadget Geeks, you should get that. And then 352 is the show number. And all those links over back to Aaron's blog, all the work that she's done, I appreciate it if you'd pop over there and look at each one of those links and all the information. But we'll have a good time talking about it tonight as well. Don't forget, you can get uh, access to the mobile app sponsored by LastPass. Of course, we thank them for the sponsorship of the show. You can uh, listen to us, and every week, 30 of you, it's amazing to me, 30 of you listen to this through the app. You can get that at homegadgetgeeks.com. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review if you're on Apple Podcast. Subscribe and click on the notification bell if you're on YouTube. And of course, if you're listening on Spreaker, hit the like button. That always makes Mike and I's opinion of ourselves so much better. So don't, like... Don't deprive us of that privilege. Big thanks to Chris Nessie, who was on last week, Mike. Chris was amazing. I'm just going to say it. We got some really good comments back, some great stuff around EdTech. I really appreciated it. It was a what, fun what, conversation. Hey, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Learned a lot from that conversation. Yeah, no, it was good. And uh, and so, Chris, thanks for coming on last week. Don't forget, after we get through our time with Aaron in the next hour or a little bit, maybe a little bit more than that, We'll go into the post show and it's all crypto. So we'll kick Aaron out so she can go have some dinner or something. She says, Aaron, are, have you gotten into crypto at all? No, we. I, I did some research after last time we talked about it and you guys gave me my first basic crypto education nice. and I'm still mystified. <laughs> so no. Well, it's okay. You know what? You haven't missed much. Uh, I'm trying to think when was the last time you were on? Maybe was it like October? I think so. October, October? November, yeah. So it's just starting to get good. And so we're basically back to where it was in October right now. So you missed nothing. It went up big, went back down big, and now is pretty much Mike. Are you guys still mining? You're still doing the crypto mining, Bitcoin mining thing? Well, we're doing, Mike and I are doing burst coin uh, mining, which is hard drive based. So um, you, you run hard drive nonces on hard drive space that you have, and it's, it's a lot more energy efficient and not 
quite as detrimental to the planet. So we've been doing some of some of that. Although Mike sold off all his GPUs, I still have mine, so I'm still sucking down large amounts of power to get other <laughs> kinds of crypto. We'll talk about that in the post show. And uh, if you want to listen to it, by the way, uh, for those listening, we're going to make that post show free this week. So normally you have to be a Patreon subscriber. It'll still be on Patreon, but it'll be available to everybody. So if you want to go out and listen to the post show, head out to theaverageguy.tv slash support. Or if you can spell Patreon, it's theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. We'll get you there either way. It's free this week. Head out there and have a listen to it. All right. Aaron Lawrence is back with us. Aaron, always great to have you on Home Gadget Geeks. appreciate you coming back. Thanks. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I always have such a good time sharing tech and gadget news with you two. Yeah, and have you done, audience, of course. Have, well, we appreciate you having back. Have, uh, have you done any traveling uh, of, of late? Any cool places you've gone to? In fact, I did. I got to spend uh, the month of February in Spain and sort of had the whole live abroad experience and did some extended travel and some touring around the south of Spain. Did a little work while we were there, too, but did get to enjoy ourselves a bit. So it was a really nice break in the middle of winter. So it was a full month because I saw your post on Facebook. I'm like, man, is she like reposting stuff from her week vacation or two week vacation? No, you were there literally all month. It was it was almost exactly a month to the day. And we made that deliberate decision. We wanted to try to go somewhere and travel and not, you know, be kind of like, okay, where are we going tomorrow? And two days from now, we'll go somewhere else. And we need to see four or five cities. And now we need to go somewhere else. We just really wanted to experience what it was like to live in another country. So we did that with that sort of extended time period. And it was, I highly recommend it. It was really eye-opening. It was really fun. It was a real learning experience and I can't wait to do it again. Nice. That's fantastic. What, what do you think your favorite part of it was non-tech because we're going to talk a whole bunch of tech here in just a yes. second. But when you think about your favorite part, not tech related, what would that be? Just seeing stuff that's older than anything, you know, I mean, we spend so much time and I spend so much time dealing with, you know, plastic and metal and shiny things and new technology. And you can go to, you know, a cathedral that's been standing for 500 years, or you can go into some monolithic site in the middle of nowhere that's been there for goodness knows how long. So that, and there's so much of that in Europe and in Spain in particular. So that was really kind of humbling just to to be in those places and know that it's lasted for so long and is probably going to last long after I leave this planet. Yeah. It's Spain's a great country in the sense that it's really gone through two gigantic times of, I mean, first very Christian, uh, very European, and then of course overrun by the Muslims. Um, it became very Moorish. And then, and, and that affected the architecture, but they never made it, it kind of into, into France. And then the, the, the Christians pushed them back into North Africa and over a series of oh, two or 300 years kind of replaced. And every time they would come in, they would wipe out the mosque and rebuild the church. And so you have older, as you, the farther north you go, you get older and older and older Christian churches that are there, but they're literally built on the ruins of the mosque, which had been built on the ruins of the Christian church uh, before that, right? And so there's just so much rich history in Spain in such great architecture that doesn't match the rest of Europe. So if you're traveling around France or Germany or whatever, right, you kind of, you see all these, these churches that all kind of look alike. I'm not, not all of them, but it's very similar. similar. And then I think what you saw in Spain was very, very different because it had that 
kind of that 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 Muslim or that Arab influence on it. And so you get a very different style and a kind of eclectic style, I think. Yes. Did you notice that when you were? I absolutely did. And there's so much Moorish and Arab influence in the architecture down there. And, you know, today that's revered and they really respect that. Um, but you're right. I mean, your knowledge of Spanish history is actually really impressive. But that's, you know, there was many hundreds of years I'm kind of reaching there, yeah. but no, where, hundreds. you know, it was like wipe out everything to do with right. the Arabs, the Moors and, and anything, yeah. you know, that's not Christian. But, you know, nowadays it's, they really respect and raise up that history. And it's really, really interesting because you're right. You don't see it anywhere else in Europe. Mm -hmm. You certainly don't see it in North America. And no, it's, just, it's, it's, it's unique to Spain, you know, and I think that's what's, that's cool. And each country has those, those unique tendencies to it of why it is the way it is and how they built the way it is. But Spain is unique in that way. And even though they tried to destroy, they would come in and try and, and level the mosque and then build this Christian church. There was so much influence still of that design that uh, they ended up building them with that, with that kind of influence. So pretty cool. When you were there, uh, certainly we were talking about this a little bit in the post show, but you had to use like we're in, in the United States, we're pretty spoiled. If I need Wi-Fi, I just turn on the hotspot on my phone. Not so true maybe in Canada or not so true when you're traveling to Europe. So how did you get past getting, because I assume you still worked while you yes, were there. Yes, absolutely. Yes, filed stuff. So what did you use to kind of get Wi-Fi access and, and, and all those stay connected? So we did a couple things. Um, we made sure the place that we had booked had robust Wi-Fi so that we could work at home if we wanted to. The second thing we did was we sourced a co-working space and who knew, but the Spaniards are totally into co-working spaces. And there was a couple of really great spaces we could um, go to. We sort of found one where we were really comfortable. They had lots of room for us and it was fairly quiet, which is the environment I sort of like to work in. So we did a lot of that and, you know, then you can, you can print stuff if you need to. They've got Wi-Fi. There's people you can talk to there if you need some guidance around the city so we did that. And then the other thing I did when we didn't sort of have a home base to work out of is I picked up a gadget called Skyroam. And it's a hockey puck sized and shaped device, bright blaze orange. And it basically acts as a mobile Wi-Fi hotspot. So you create an account, you pay for what they call day passes, and you can essentially have Wi-Fi anywhere that there's cellular coverage, essentially. And the reason you want a device like this, you alluded to it in the introduction, is for Canadians in particular, and you guys will have to educate me about how it is for Americans, but for Canadians, roaming fees outside of Canada are enormous and they're a pain in the butt. And if you don't happen to get your roaming properly set up and you, you know, you're using your phone or you're accidentally get lost and need to look up a map or something, they'll actually kick you off the network and force you to call in to unlock your phone and your and your data again. So paying roaming fees and roaming overseas or even to the States for Canadians is really hard. So having this mobile Wi-Fi hotspot basically gave us the freedom to have email, have mapping, have internet, have, you know, Google if we wanted to look up facts about Spanish history. And it was all at our fingertips and it worked quite well, actually, in a lot of places that I wouldn't have expected. So do you have to get new SIM cards for that as you travel around or is it one account and they take care of the rest? So you don't need a SIM card. And that we did actually look at getting SIM cards because I know several people that have gone over, they buy the disposable SIM cards or whatever, right. put them in their phone and they'll just use that. 
Um, it didn't end up working out for us to do that. And I did have this device at my disposal. So I thought we'll use that, but you don't need a SIM card for it. So essentially you can shut everything on your phone off except for your, um, was it, I guess it was Bluetooth and just connect directly to the device as if it were hotspotting from your phone, for example. So as long as the device, the Skyroam device is able to pick up a cellular signal in wherever you are, it functions. So it basically accesses the cellular network on your behalf. You're paying Skyroam a day pass fee, which is about 10 bucks US a day, but it's a 24 hour pass. So you get it all day and all night. And like I said, so long as you have cellular access, you've got Wi-Fi. That's that's affordable. $10 a day. I think that's a lot better. In the US, it's getting a little bit better, especially if you want to go to say like Mexico or Canada, if you want to stay uh, stay with one of those two countries. But still, if you go overseas, you're still going to pay quite a bit. So I've heard the suggestions of getting other SIM cards or there are international plans you can tack onto your plan, but they're still rather expensive depending on how many days you used it in a month. I bet that would still be cheaper than than some of the plans that we have. Well, and for us, it was because you can add, I think it's five users or you can like attach five devices to the Skyroam. So my husband and I were able to each attach both of our phones and each of our laptops. And, you know, and then I actually, I had another phone, of course, because who doesn't travel with two phones and a laptop? <laughs> connected a, a my Google blogger. Pixel. Yeah, a right. blogger travels my Pixel 2 XL phone was connected there too, so I could do some social stuff. But, you know, we were able to use all our devices, whereas if we had done it through our cell company, we would each be paying roaming separate to each phone. And it was not cost effective. So this was, in this case, for us on this longer term trip, it was the most cost effective solution for us. So in your uh, in your post, you talk about buying it. So 149 USD retail, and then you could rent it if you want to rent the device about $10 a day. To use it then, a day pass costs about $9 a day. This is for the actual Wi-Fi access, right? Where it gets it that way. And then, or $99 a month. So in your case, did you buy it? And then did you just buy the $99 plan since you were going to be on the road for the full month? Or how did how'd you work that out? We weren't sure how much Wi-Fi we'd need. So we bought the device and then used day passes because we knew we'd have Wi-Fi at the place we were staying. And we knew we'd have access at um, the co-working space. And in all honesty, most places in Europe, like every bar, restaurant, cafe, barber shop you're in, everybody's got Wi-Fi there. So you can get good Wi-Fi almost anywhere you go. So we really thought this was something we would need when we were traveling. So if we were driving, for example, through an unfamiliar area or trying to get somewhere, or we were out at this remote site in sort of the middle of nowhere, Spain, um, where General Francisco Franco is actually buried, Jim, you'll probably yeah, know yeah. from your Spanish uh, history uh, knowledge. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we wanted to look up some facts about, you know, what this place was and some more information about it because there was really nothing there. Um, so we used the Skyroam device to look up and, you know, basically look up a virtual guidebook about this place and sort of guide us through this tour of this place. So we only used, I would say, out of the 30 days we were there, we probably only used about seven or eight day passes. So um, in the end, what's that, about 70 or 80 bucks? So six of one, half dozen of the other. If we had gotten the monthly pass, we might just not. I mean, we might have used it more often, but. 
for what we did use it for, we didn't feel like we were getting shortchanged. We didn't feel like, oh, if only we had one more day of Wi-Fi day passes. But yeah, it worked okay. out. Yeah, I did Germany five years ago now, and it was such a mess. This would have been a great, you know, I could have rented it. 50 bucks to rent it. That's the right way to go while we're there. Although I was, we were there, let's just say, I guess we were there 10 days, but I probably only would have used it seven. So let's say 70 days to rent it. And then I probably would have just went the 70 bucks at the same, you know, to do every day, lock, you know, lock it in that way. Although to be honest with you, you're like at $99 a month, that's pretty reasonable to just use and not worry, yes. you know, like, oh, am I, am I going to go over or whatever? Mike and I are going to talk in the post show. I just went way over my bandwidth limit on Cox and I've been checking it every day, you know, like, Oh, how close am I getting? And then at the very end of the month, I just blew it out. And I was like, Oh, I should have just bought the unlimited plan. Right. But in this case, when you're traveling, you don't want to be thinking about like, do, is it going to work? Isn't it, you know, did I get the right pass? It was probably, I think maybe easier just to buy the 99 and be done with it. But in your case, so you save 20 bucks on yeah. that. I did think it, if we went away again, though, that is what we do, especially if we did go away for another month and we sort of know what we're getting into with yeah. it now. I would just absolutely I would do it. And then and I don't you'd have use to use it more. It. I bet yes. you'd use it more. Yeah, because you just would be like, well, we paid for it. We might as well exactly. use it. So well, imagine people like kids who are studying abroad. This would be perfect because when my sister studied abroad, she would travel all across Europe every weekend. And if you had a device like this, that would be, I'm sure, a lifesaver because that was the big pain for her was trying to figure out what we we're going to do with her cell phone service like when she was over there. So, and so Although did my, your Wi-Fi calling work through this? Go ahead. Sorry. Phone calling? Wi-Fi phone calling? Yeah. We did not try that now that I think about it. We did not try to FaceTime or do anything like that. We really, the primary use we used it for was mapping and just looking stuff up. And okay. then of course the occasional social media post about right. where we were and what we were doing. But because the Wi-Fi calling was a, a question. big Plus, ever since that came out, at least in the United States, I don't know how your guys' Wi-Fi calling works for your networks, but um, for us, it's just if you have a Wi-Fi connection, you have connection through your Verizon or Sprint um, phone number. And so overseas, you can at least use that and it's still free. Um, so you can place phone calls without paying the the overage on your phone call minutes, at least for international. That's a good idea. I will try that next time I go away. I'll see how well it works. Yeah, I'd be interested. Aaron, it sounds like it was a perfect device and didn't give you any problems while you were there. Because, right, <laughs> those, those things are supposed just real quick, what kind of problems did you have with it? Uh, setting it up was terrible. Um, I won't go into a ton of detail because it's a bit tedious and kind of involved. But getting it set up and actually functioning took me literal months because I took it on one trip, couldn't get it working while I was away, brought it home, spent some time on the phone with their customer service. Um, I guess Skyrim did something on their end to it and sort of got it working. But even when you're just trying to get it connected on a day-to-day -day basis, it's fussy. So when the device works, it's absolutely amazing. And it was a lifesaver for us in, you know, on more than one occasion. But if you're going to get this device, you've absolutely got to get it set up and you've got to test it, even if that means blowing a day pass before you go, make sure it works and make sure you know the steps. And I wrote them out in great detail on my blog, um, techgadgetscanada.com, if you're thinking about something like this. Um, but just read through it. The steps are there. And just make sure you know how to do it because there's nothing worse than sort of being speeding down the highway at, you know, 100 kilometers an hour 
and trying to look up where you're going and wondering if you're supposed to take that exit, but you can't get the Skyrim working and the map won't come up. And, you know, you, you don't want to have to deal with that while you're traveling. You just want everything to work well. So that's my advice if you're looking at a device like this is make sure it works before you leave home. Yeah, the, the more complicated it gets and the more services you're crossing and all those pieces, they it just gets super sketchy. And Europe is really different when it comes to the cell service than it is here in the United States and Canada. You, you're you're going into another world. I often thought it might be cheaper just to buy a burner phone when you get there, buy a data plan when you get there, do it in the airport because they'll speak English. You might, if you're going to be there a month, you might just want to run with their one, one of their data plans and understand what you're getting yourself into as well. Um, that can be a pretty easy setup in the airport when you land. Um, I haven't done that. I took my own phones and I tried to stay on Wi-Fi, you know, and it was like, oh, it was a nightmare. And you're right. You always need it when you're out in the middle of nowhere and you can't just get the Wi-Fi right. So you guys were pretty smart about that. We tried. We tried. It was yeah. it was helpful. But like I say. Didn't ever ruin your trip, though, did it? When you couldn't get Wi-Fi or you couldn't get it working? Or no, because like I said, there's there's sort of Wi-Fi everywhere. So if it was, you know, heading another 10 or 15 minutes down the road to find you know, a cafe that had Wi-Fi. And of course they're happy to share their password. It was, it was fine. Yeah. And honestly, it saved my bacon more times than it caused me consternation. So I, I do recommend it, but with that caveat that you've got to make sure you know what you're doing before you leave home. Did you, um, when you travel, uh, so you're on a plane, how, how do you prefer to do your noise canceling and, and all those pieces? What's your preferred travel gear for that? Or do you do that? Uh, I always have a pair of headphones with me and usually two. I usually bring a wired pair and a truly wireless pair, mainly because the batteries on the truly wireless pair are going to die probably when there's a kid screaming in the seat behind you. So at least then you've got something you can plug in. Although with a lot of the new phones, I just got the um, Apple iPhone 10 and it doesn't have a headphone jack. So now I'm carrying an adapter everywhere I go, but I usually I usually make sure I have two pairs of headphones. Eh, there you've got it, right? Yep. Usually two pairs of headphones. Um, I'm not super fussy about noise cancellation. Um, what else do I usually bring? That's probably key for me if I just want to either zone out while I'm on the plane or fall asleep or just yeah, or good, get some work good, done. Good pair of headphones are worth their weight in gold. I finally broke down last fall and bought those Bose Quiet Comfort 35s, which of course they came out with a V2 right after I bought them that has Google voice uh, capabilities where you can say, hey, Google. I, I'm sure I just set somebody's Google thing off by doing that, but <laughs> where you can say that and it, it's got the voice, you know, it's got the, the, the Google Now integration into it. I was like, oh, I'm hoping they... Um, update the firmware so that I spent enough on those things. Right. right you think. I went on a flight the other day and I swear there were 35 kids all crying on this plane. And it was <laughs> put the headphones on, cranked it up as loud as I could. And, and was super, um, was super glad. One of the things I've noticed on the Bose and Mike, do you have, I don't you have some Bose? Yeah, as well? I do. I have the quiet comfort as well. Those batteries last forever. Like they really do. That is not that they they don't they did not go cheap on those batteries. They how long are we talking? Well, I've done two six or I've done two four hour flights and it's still at like eighty percent. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh you have the truly wireless ones, Jim, right? right? 
Yeah. Okay. See, mine are mine are wired. Okay. The only power it uses is for the noise cancellation. So mine last even. I mean, months. Yeah, I think I could go. Yeah, weeks or months without without necessarily charging them. I've been. I felt so bad as much as I paid for them. I've kind of been using them at work as my conferencing. You know, we switched over. We have no phones anymore. Everything is headsets now at work. Oh, wow. Everybody's so mobile. And I was like, and the one, the pair I got, I got a, um, a Plantronics pair. That's not very good. Not very comfortable. The ear, you know, the earpieces just sit on your ears. And after about 10 minutes, you know, that gets mm-hmm. kind of uncomfortable, right. And so I thought I got these bows. I might as well try them. So I've been connecting those bows in. I've been using them for a week now. And I, I think I'm down to 60 after being at 70 after a whole bunch of travel. So those, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of those bows and I know they are super super pricey. I get that. You're listening to this in your car and you're like, but Jim, I don't have $350 to spend on a pair of headphones. If you travel or you need that, oh man, I cannot, I can't recommend them uh, that's, enough. That's not that far off the average price of wireless headphones these days though. That's true. I mean, if you want a Correct. good solid pair with a decent battery life, that is what you're going to pay. Yeah. I, I bought, Sarah saw them and said, Hey, I'd love a pair of those. I'm like, I bet you would. And she's like, actually, I don't, I don't need the noise canceling stuff. So I think we paid two twenty nine for the 25s. So I think that's what they are that have the it's they're wired, although they can, they're wireless as well, but they just don't have the noise canceling or maybe they do have the Google stuff, but it was still 230. I mean, that's still pretty expensive for a pair of those in Canada, they would be a thousand dollars. Yes. Right? <laughs> $980. You, you tested. Yeah. 999. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks Bose. You tested out some Bose sound wear or personal wearable speakers. I'm going to, while you're talking, this is pretty interesting. I've never seen these before. So I'm going to show while you're talking about them, I'm going to show them on the screen. So this actually blew my mind. I got a chance to review this for Best Buy who I do um, some blogging and writing and reviewing for. And my editor called me up and sort of trying to explain this concept. And he's like, well, it's a, it's a speaker that you wear around your neck. And I'm like, like, like a pair of headphones, like you, like you take them off your ears and put them around your neck. He's like, well, kind of, but it's a speaker and it wraps around your neck. And that's what it is. It's sort of this U shaped speaker that you wear over your shoulders and around the back of your neck. And it kind of looks like a, well, a really boring and really cold scarf, but (laughs) it sits on your shoulders and it plays the music sort of directly to you. And it's a really crazy sensation because you're thinking like, okay, it's a speaker. It's just going to play music, you know, all around and, you know, everybody can hear it. And while people around you sort of can pick up on it a little bit, it's not as loud as if you were playing a wireless Bluetooth speaker in the room. So you can't hear it quite the same way. So for the most part, the the sound is directed up and around your head. And it I kept saying it creates this sort of space helmet effect of sound around you that is the oddest sensation. And I've never heard anything like it. It sounded really good. It was really fun. Um, not uncomfortable. I kind of thought it would be uncomfortable and it would, you know, slide around and fall off and whatever. It's actually really well designed. Um, yeah, I was, I was surprised by how much I liked it and surprised too, by just how foreign the concept was. I wasn't really expecting it and wasn't really expecting it to work well. And I was quite surprised at how much I, I enjoyed it. 
So like in an office environment, if you had it on and I'm sitting maybe across the room from you, can I hear it? Yes. That would be a terrible idea. Okay. So it's st- <laughs> okay. So I could still hear it and it would still buy, but not as intrusive as say like the eighties and nineties boom box it on your exactly. shoulder. Okay. So what I was, the, what's the target for this then? That, that was my was, next question. <laughs> we're all thinking the same thing. Like, that was, that was my first question when it was pitched to me is like, who would do this? Like, you don't want to be the jerk who's walking around blasting your music and, you know, imposing it on everyone around you. So I thought who, like, who is going to use this? But what it's for, honestly, in my opinion, is for people that don't like wearing headphones. Either they're, they don't like the in-ear because they're uncomfortable. They don't like the over-ear because that kind of aches. And you don't want to shut out the world around you by wearing headphones. You still want to kind of be alert to what's going on. So, you know, I was thinking if you're out in your garden, you want to do some work outside, probably not with the lawnmower, but, you know, you're just kind of putzing around outside, puttering around outside. Putzing around is works. (laughs) (laughs) but it would be good for that because then you can sort of still hear what's going on. You know, if you're doing things around the house, if you're in the kitchen making dinner and you, you know, want to be attuned to when your kids or your husband or your wife gets home, it's good for that. And, you know, if, if you want to go out for a walk, maybe around your neighborhood, but you don't want to sort of shut out everything, you want to sort of be aware it would be good for that as well. So I really think it's for people that want that personal audio experience, but don't want A, to be cut off by headphones and B, don't want that constricting feeling around their head. Mm. Interesting. That's an interesting design. What's the retail on those? It is 399 Canadian dollars. Okay. So $10 US. So that's $17 <laughs> here in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's an interesting use case and it's got to be an R&D thing that they did at Bose. Like said somebody was, you know, had a bunch of scraps of speakers you know laying around on the floor and like what could we make out of these? Cuz it's such an interesting use case that I think is fairly limited, but you're right, there may be some safety situations where you want to be able to play music. Did did you do spoken word podcasting? Did you listen besides music when you were doing it? Did how did spoken word sound? On it? Every, honestly, everything sounded good. I mean, if if Bose is great at one thing, it's audio quality overall, pretty much no matter what you're listening to. So everything I was listening to on there was was great. I had no complaints about the audio quality. Yeah, I would think if you were having to move around, if you're moving rooms, if you were in a situation where you, you know even like cleaning rooms at a hotel, or if you although. Room cleaners at hotels could never afford uh, anything like this. This is a big, right? This is a big, big, pretty expensive. But those kinds of activities, right, where you're kind of moving around, maybe even outside or inside, going in and out where you can't. That's super frustrating to me when I'm working in the yard and then I get to go in the garage and then I come back out of the yard and I go back into the garage. And I don't want bulky headphones on or even earbuds. Um, interesting. Did it sit? Okay. I mean, could you, could you move around? Could you lean over? Would it fall off? Did it shift around? I did. I did a bunch of movement testing with it. And, you know, you would think that bending over, it's going to, you know, fall and smack you in the back of the head kind of thing. It did not, it didn't budge, um, moving around, leaning, any of that kind of stuff. It basically stayed put. And I mean, it's not a heavy speaker, but it's almost in the way it's designed, the way it curves it just sits sort of in the perfect spot. Um, I wouldn't go jogging with it on because, you know, that's where you were kind of getting a little more movement with it. Though I did have one blog reader say, 
He has one. He uses it for jogging and he thinks it's fine. Oh. It doesn't bother him. There you go. So to each, to each their own. Yeah. No, interesting. First time I've ever seen anything like this. I saw that on there. I was like, wow, where did that come from? And I don't think there's a lot of people talking about that, but there's an interesting concept. Anyways. Well, it kind of starts, it starts to make sense the more we talk about it. I'm thinking, you know, in the mornings, I'll usually start my day out, like in the, in the bathroom, we have a Bluetooth speaker. So I'll start there, but then like, I'll go to walk in the living room to clean or to do something else. And like, I'm like, oh, the music's still playing in the bathroom and I can't really hear it. But if you just had it on a little speaker, I'm not looking to blare this in the house. I'm not, it doesn't need to be super loud. Just something to listen to as I'm getting stuff done. It, it starts to make a little bit of sense yeah. if it wasn't too expensive. This seems weird. Like just, I'm going to slap this on my neck. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like. It, uh, we had over in, your uh, bathrobe, Mike, or your smoking jacket. Now smoking cigars with this thing on. <laughs> All right, now now we're talking. Your own now personal boombox. It's <laughs> the uh, mood music in there, and, there you go. uh, and you're good, and you're good. Aaron, is this something after reviewing it? Would you? Is this something you'd you would keep as a personal item if it wasn't something you're reviewing, or would you buy I, something like this? I don't think I would personally. Um, not because I didn't like it, but just because I, I don't think I would get enough use out of it though. You're right. The more we talk about the different use cases yeah. for it. And Mike makes a great point that, you know, I'm doing the same thing too. I've got one speaker in this room, another speaker in this right. room, and it's, it's kind of a pain in the butt to have to keep reconnecting as you're moving around the house. So that's a great example for it. Yeah. But for me, I don't know. It's, it's fun. It's a novel item. I, I would love to, and I and I said this in the blog review that I wrote, I would love to know the person at home that is reading or listening to this going, oh, yes, yes, it, yes, this is perfect. And I want to know what it's perfect for. Yeah. But for me, no, not because I didn't like it, not because it didn't sound great, not because it didn't work exactly as it was supposed to, but just because it doesn't really fit my life. Yeah. Use case just isn't there. Bose doesn't usually make anything that everything they make sounds fabulous you bought anything from Absolutely. them i can't i never heard anybody complain about that but um interesting design well we'll have to i'd love to know anybody um if anybody listening right now has come across this or use this or you'd think hmm, interesting bose soundware all one word soundware personal wearable speaker and aaron reviews that we'll throw the link to that in the show notes so that'll be available for if you want to go out and take a peek and uh and take a look at that as well Aaron, a couple of weeks ago, we did our big barbecue grill show. And of course, you've always tempted me with a few devices. I think you know that we do cover that now. And so you're always willing to come in. Um, one of the devices I bought a couple of years ago was a wired iDevice, which actually has changed to hands now twice on who owns the iDevice brand. And I think now the therm those therm the, uh, the wireless meat thermometers are owned by Weber. Uh, they ah. bought that division from, which makes sense, right? Smart for them, for sure. Sense. Yeah, no, really good. But there's a kind of a new generation and new used term lightly, but I think we're getting to the point, and I kind of like this, of wireless, right, to be able to get that. So talk to me a little bit. You got a chance to review one of these. I'll throw that link in the show notes as well. But talk about this wireless meat thermometer. So this is the meter meat thermometer, wireless meat thermometer. And... You're right. So I think the device you might be talking about is the eye grill or a, yes. a version device, of the eye grill. grill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. I too had one of those. And for its time, what would that have been like six years ago, maybe sooner? Uh, you know, yeah, four, it was a good five, idea. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. You plug the thing in to your meat, you run the little cord out of the oven or out of the barbecue to the receiver, and then, you know, it beeps or it goes off or whatever it does. If if you had the more advanced version, it might send a push notification to your smartphone. But they were clumsy and they weren't very intuitive. They weren't very connected. So the meter is a completely wireless meat thermometer that's about the size of, say, half a pencil. And made of metal, so you slide it right into your meat, whatever it is you're going to cook. It'll work in an oven or in the barbecue. Connect it to an app on your smartphone, and it keeps track of everything for you. So you can set up different sort of timed cooking events. You can just keep an eye on whatever it is you happen to be cooking all on your own. It's it's very convenient because you don't have to sort of worry about it. The app will keep an eye on things for you. Though I will say, and we can get into this a bit later, the alerts that it gives out weren't as great as I would have liked, but that's a different story. And, you know, if you just want to take a quick temperature reading, you can do that too once your food comes out of the oven. So it's nice to have that wireless connectivity and it's super small, very portable. It's got a nice magnetic wooden case that attaches nicely to your fridge or your oven. So it's always handy. Um, And it worked really well overall. The alerts were the thing I had the biggest problem with. Um, For me, when I'm cooking, if I'm sort of going to trust, trust my meal to technology, I want the technology to sort of wave its hands and shout and scream at me and go, your dinner is ready. Your dinner is ready. And this device doesn't really do that. It sends push notifications to your phone. So you've kind of got to have the phone with you in order to get that alert. And which I didn't really know the first couple of times I cooked with it. So I'd sort of be like, hmm, it seems like it's been in there an awful long time. And I'd go look and I'm like, well, the meat looks done, but I haven't heard anything from the phone. And I'd go and look and there would have been a push notification on my phone that I missed. So I'm like, oh no. So There are settings in the app that seem to allow you to customize some of those alerts. I could not get them working. I could not get it to alert me in any other way but a silent push notification, no matter what I did with my phone. I don't know whether that's an Apple iPhone issue, whether that's an app issue, whether it works better on Android, or whether there's just some bug in the system. I couldn't get the alerts that I wanted. But overall, the gadget was neat. It worked pretty well. You can pick, you know, what you're cooking. You can tell the app in essence what it is you want to make, what type of meat, what cut of meat, how you want it cooked. So if you want it rare, medium rare, well done, whatever it is. And it will, it basically does all the calculations and the timing for you so that what you're supposed to end up with is perfectly cooked meat. That is tough with the notifications though, because that's one of the biggest features you think of these thermometers. I love that mine, it's loud. It's audible. If you're in the other room, you can hear it. it's going off telling me to go. So that is something I, I bet, but that's something easily fixed, I'm sure, with software updates. And I do hope that the company is able to, and again, I, I can't say it's a fault of the company or their app. It might just be the way it's configured with the iPhone that I was trying it on. Right. But yeah, if if they could get that fixed and it, you know, it rang like a telephone when my dinner was done, 100%, it would be perfect. Aaron, uh, Ken in the chat room says, so put a lithium ion battery in the oven or even in a grill. Does it have 
So on the device, is it safe to be in there? It is. So it's powered by, there's, um, uh, I think it's a triple A battery. It's either triple or double in the back of the wooden case. And what the wooden case does is act sort of as a charger for it. So the thermometer gets charged up in there. As soon as you pop it out of the little case, the little box, it automatically turns it on and then you can use it. I am not smart enough to know exactly what technology is on the the backside of that inside the thermometer Mm -hmm. and how that would work battery wise. Right. But otherwise you're not, I don't think you're putting a lithium ion battery in the All right, chat room. Here's your, in the next five minutes, somebody needs to go out and look at this thing, meter, M-E-A-T-E-R, smart meat thermometer. See what's, let's do a little research. See what tech is in the battery. I'm sure that's been tested. Like I'm sure they're not going to allow a explodable battery under heat like, you know, in the oven at 450. So let's, we'll, we'll have the chat. We'll put the chat room. I'm um, kind of on it. Bluetooth only Aaron in this case, right. To connect to the phone or is there a Wi-Fi option as well? I believe there was a Wi-Fi option for it as well, but you had to set up something strange with it. Um, okay. Don't quote me on this, but I think you needed to set up like a second gadget for it to talk to and to like use a bridge. the Wi-Fi signal. Probably yeah. A like bridge. a bridge. Yeah. Um, I yeah. just used it. Uh, just Bluetooth in the house. I did notice that it wasn't quite as connected sometimes. Like if I got a little too far away from the thermometer, it would be disconnected and I wouldn't really notice it. That happened with, that's happened with a couple of kitchen gadgets that I've tried. It seems kind of common. It's a huge problem with kitchen gadget space because typically I'm not going to stereotype here, but I will for a second. Typically the folks can afford to buy you know, Bluetooth enabled cooking equipment live in larger houses, right? This is, Mm -hmm. and then they're, you know, they're grilling outside, they're bringing it in. It's a little bit of distance. Bluetooth doesn't have the greatest distance or in my case, I want to start, maybe I want to smoke something and I want to get it started. And then I want to come down to the basement and work on my computer. Well, it gets blocked. Like I have a cement wall between the two. And of course, Bluetooth can't survive from that. So I think the recommendation, and I think it was either Mark or Mike in our, in our grill show said they would really wish we would go Wi-Fi for all this stuff. Now that Wi-Fi, I think the Wi-Fi transmitter is a little bit bigger than a Bluetooth transmitter. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's a little bit more real estate to get that done. But uh, I think that's kind of one of those things. If we're pushing Wi-Fi out on the deck, it'd be great if it came in through Wi-Fi as opposed to Bluetooth, don't you think? And so many things now are going the way of Wi-Fi, or at least they're giving you both options in one package. I've, I've got a couple of pairs of speakers that I'm trying out too that now offer both so that you can have, you know, that reliable Wi-Fi connectivity. Or if you just want the quick convenience of a Bluetooth connection, you can have that as well. Well, the Tony comes in and says it uses a AAA, but that AAA battery is in the case, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so when it's in the case, it's charging. I'm most interested in what, uh, what is the device that holds the charge in the device while it's separated? Cause I imagine it probably does. Do you know how long it holds that charge for or how long you can leave it in a, in a piece of meat? Did, did it, any specifications on that? You know, I don't, uh, it never died on me from lack of battery. And I believe, um, I'm trying to remember back to what I wrote, I think you're supposed to be able to get a hundred charges out of that AAA battery. Okay. So yeah, no, it never died on me. So that's a good question though. Mm. And there, I, it, it does sound like too, that the AAA battery is not user replaceable either. It is actually. Uh, it is? You okay. Can, yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe I could have misread that out of chat. So it's hard to do both conversations at the same time. No, that's good. Tony says maybe like AirPods, right? I mean, the, the, maybe the battery technology that's in AirPods. I just, I don't know what those are. I'm sure we'll have to do some digging in on that. Mm-hmm. I'm super interested in that, of course, because we talk about grilling technology all the time here on the show. Me, this is not Meter's first run at a thermometer like this a year or two ago. I saw one out like it. I do love this design because I'm always losing. Like I got that cable and then it's kind of sooty. And then what you were what dirty you, and greasy you, yeah, you and that's tangled and, and awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, it was super cool. Like when I got it, it was super cool. Like you're plugging into the Turkey and set the transmitter on the outside of the grill and it hooked onto my phone and you're like, this is going to be great for the first time. And then, you know, you start thinking through it and you see something like this. I do like this idea of having it completely wireless, um, close the lid and you're kind of done, you know? Yeah, it was very convenient. I did like that aspect of it and super small. So it fit into, you know, pretty much everything I was trying to cook. I did. I did like it. So Ken, Ken says last 24 hours of continuous cooking between charges. Thank you, Ken, for that. Tony says uh, their site says no, only tiny, tiny, tiny Apton Labs minions can access the inside of the probe to replace the battery. I think that's what he was talking about. You can't oh, replace that, the yes. battery in the probe. Yeah. Not in the probe, yes. In the sense. back of the yeah. charging case, yes. You can. <laughs> Do not take the probe apart. That's probably a terrible that. idea. Apton Labs minions can access the tiny battery inside the, <laughs> the, the probe. At least the company has a sense of humor. Yeah, and you would think, and I would wonder, you know, 100 charges, let's just say that's kind of what you ex- life expectancy you're going to put it through a lot because it's going to go from hot to cold, hot to cold, hot mm-hmm. to cold. I mean, it's going to be awful. A hundred grilling, that would be probably three seasons, maybe four. I think maybe more for the average. We grill every weekend and sometimes during the week. Still in the summer, you know, you're, you're probably talking like, so maybe, you know, two years at a minimum, maybe three for most people or four. So that's pretty good. By that time, you're ready for something new. Don't you think, Mike? Out of one AAA battery? That's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So, and it literally is like a, I, I, the size is like a pencil or is it a little smaller than a pencil? It's about, I would say, if you know how big a pencil is, it's about the size of half the length of yeah. a pencil, more and is, or less. And is round or skinnier than a pencil? Uh, it's skinnier than a pencil and it's sort of round and pointy on the probe end that would stick into the meat and then sort of flat on the back end. Yep. And that's and then that connects to the charger. I've kind of gone with a $30 instant meat thermometer when you, when you just want to use it, like, cause you could use this as an instant read, right? Stick it in. It's like not very phone. instant though. Okay. So it's you not gotta as get fast. the app out. Yeah. You got to log yeah. it in. You got to sort yeah. of wait for it to take the reading. If mm-hmm. you just want that quick temperature, honestly, I was going back to our old instant read digital yeah. meat thermometer as well. Yeah. But it's, I think this, the application for the meter is more for something when you're going to do, you know, a good couple hours in the oven, you're going to put some meat on the grill, you know, for six or eight hours and slow cook it. And you just want to make sure that your temperature is holding steady where it should be. Mm-hmm. My, my instant reads like a switchblade. I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like a gangster when I got that and it snaps out for me. Mike, what, what are you using for, you have just an instant read that you... So I have the one for smoking. I have one of the wireless, uh, I can't remember the brand of it, Thermo Pro or something like that. It's a wireless one where it's got the same thing, that cord that goes in. That's the one that stays in there the whole time. And then, yeah, I have another InstaRead 
digital, that super skinny needle mm-hmm. you're sticking into sticking in the food. Yeah, and the iDevices device is built enough, is built well enough. I could survive some weather, so you could attach it to your grill and leave it. I, yeah. um, it's plastic. It seems to be waterproof, so you could just leave it out there, and it would make a good permanent. Uh, Aaron, I think this is where some of these are really good. Like if it's going to be a permanent temperature sensor inside your grill, and then just put it up underneath something where it's kind of protected from the elements. Yeah, I think a wire is a great way to go because it's a lot lower tech. I think it's going to last a little bit longer. You don't necessarily need Bluetooth, but when I'm jamming it in the bird and I shut the door, you know, it's kind of nice if it's wireless. Yeah, no, it's kind of nice if it's wireless. Yeah, we got addicted to those. I don't know how I ever grilled for 20 years with no thermometers for the most part, but somehow I did, and now I'm addicted to them. So it's like I want to know exactly the temperature in seven sections of the turkey, speaking of that, Mike. As you will, you grill your turkey when you bring it back. Totally, Mike? it's going to go right on the smoker. Nice. Yep. Well, you have to over. We need yeah. to talk about that another Ooh, time. We uh, did that for Thanks, you know, Easter um, a year, last year. We spatchcocked it, put it right on the smoker. Um, we had brined it, and everyone in the family. We have a lot of family who doesn't like the turkey. It gets dry. They don't like how dry it gets, and it was the. They said it was the most moist turkey they've ever had. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got to read like, some more about that. Slap a little bacon on the top of that, Aaron, and it keeps it even moister as you're doing. Is that moisture a word? I might have just. Sure, go with it. Okay. It is it now. Is now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and sure, yeah, you can. What what temperature, Mike, did you. I got to go back side? and read my notes. Okay. Um, we talked to one of the local guys. Jim, I've told you about this place called Helping You Barbecue, the hub here in Omaha. And the guy in there, the owner, it's a small shop. He's just, he's a champion smoker. And uh, he's got recipes for everything. So we went in and talked to him and, and he gave you us know, a point. do a meetup there. Like maybe, you know, just a meetup at that shop. That'd be a great place go. to start. Everybody love that. Yeah. Aaron, I've been smoking the birds for a couple of years now for, for Thanksgiving and four, three, four, five hours to get, to get it through there. And it's the best way. It's the best way to do it at Thanksgiving. That so. sounds amazing. I'm going to read up on great. that. If you go, um, I think if you go to theaverageguy.tv, I don't know who runs that site. He's a little sketchy. <laughs> But if you go to the average guy.tv and in the search box, I think if you put in bacon, let's see, B A C O N and turkey, T R K E Y. I wrote an article. Yeah. It's called Barbecue Turkey and Bacon. Two great oh. tastes that taste great together. Okay. No tech required. By the way, I did this back in 2011 with no tech. But I walk you through step by step here. I'll throw this in the chat room too for the yeah. folks that are out there. I walk you through, I have, I've built this envelope system just using, just using tinfoil and different kinds of uh, yummy things to eat, including like a, a cheesy sal- uh, Italian salad dressing, things like A1 steak sauce, which you would think would not be very good on a turkey. And oh my God, uh, Heinz 57 is another what? one of those where you You're think, blowing my mind tonight. Yeah. You think Heinz 57 on a turkey? Oh my God, super, especially when you're smoking it. So, and you can really, to be honest, you can put anything you want. That's that's the beauty of this. You just have to have bacon. So this year we actually did a bacon weave for it. So I weave the bacon and then just, because in the past I've just kind of, you'll see in this, when you read this post I did, I just kind of lay it over the top of them. And, and that was okay, but we upped the ante with a bacon weave. And then when you're done, you pull that weave off and I would put it on the grill and let that cook under a low heat oh, so yeah. it finishes cooking. Oh, let's go to Thanksgiving. I'm hungry now, right? Oh, right? 
Everybody's oh, hungry. Super good. I'll throw that I gotta in. Get my turkey this, uh, uh, this yeah, you need to get a turkey and then bite me over, Uyghur. There we go. Um, sounds good. We um, so anyways, uh, yeah, I uh, it's it's I enjoy like this, and I I don't know if this thing is as I look at it, I went I don't know if I'd be ready to pull the trigger on it just yet. I'd want really want to give that thing a try. So if they're listening, meter. If you're listening, this would be a great audience to send a meat thermometer to uh, for some testing. So pretty good. Um, Aaron, as we kind of wrap things up here in the final few minutes, I want to talk a little bit about you've spent a little time thinking about um, augmented reality and some augmented reality apps. And, you know, augmented and virtual were super hot like a year ago. And then all of a sudden, AI and machine learning have taken over. Like what what virtual reality um, nobody seems to be talking about that anymore for the most part. But when you were going through this, and this is a fairly um, new, I'll throw this again, this link is in the in the show notes if you want to head out there. But but recently, as of April 8th, you posted an article about the seven augmented reality apps. Um, what are you what are you seeing in that space? I mean, what's interesting to you when we think about augmented? What because it was a lot of hype before, and I don't think a lot of payoff, but what are you seeing now? For me, I think the biggest development has been that augmented reality isn't for gamers and geeks and techies and people that are super interested in the technology space. Manufacturers and app developers and companies are making it relevant to real people by giving it real world use cases. So what I wrote about in particular were um, a few, a handful of apps that you can use now that let you do things like try furniture in your actual living room. Um, it'll let you, for example, measure if you're doing a renovation or you've got a home improvement project or you want to build in some bookshelves. You can use the camera in your smartphone to measure and map the walls and the floor space and exact measurements so that you can get a detailed floor plan. Um, there's all kinds of other cases. There was a, an app I tried out called Frogopedia that lets you virtually dissect a frog. So for anybody that had to do those dissections in high school and it's dirty and yucky and messy, this is the cleaned up version of it that still gives you all the access because you're doing it yourself in sort of augmented reality. So I think that's what I'm seeing. And it's that Real people can now find legitimate reasons to want to use augmented reality, and it's actually helpful, and it actually works really well. The room measurement one is interesting. I've tried that one, and it actually worked pretty well. We were skeptical. My father-in-law was uh, pretty skeptical on it, so he got out the ruler, and I did it with the app. And it came down to being pretty close. Not enough that you could use it to be 100% accurate if you're like building, but to get a general layout of your rooms real quick, say you're, okay, we're going to go shopping for new sofa today, what's the measurements of our room? And it gives you that real quick floor plan while you just spin around and walk around the, the walls of your room. Mike, is that the one called Magic Plan in your or Aaron in your article? Is that Magic Plan that does it? There's for you? Magic Plan and um planner, planner, planer, planner, I think it yeah. is. Yeah. No no vowels because we've run out of words. <laughs> so P L N Canadian spelling. A-R. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so did you what like have did you do you know I know some of these like the big box stores here are using them so they can, you'll buy their paint or you'll purchase the furniture. 
did, did you did you try that where you put it in a room and then change the wall colors to see what that would look like? And did, how's it I work? Didn't, I didn't try the wall color one, but I did a lot of furniture. Um, Ikea has one. I think it's called Ikea Place. So, I mean, Ikea, like super smart because who hasn't, who doesn't have a piece of Ikea furniture in their house? But you can try out so much of their stuff. I don't want to go out on a limb and say it's their whole catalog, but there was so much stuff when I was testing this app that you could, you basically just sort of hold your phone's camera up and look at it through the camera lens. And then it lets you place the furniture anywhere in the room. You can sort of scale it a bit to match the exact scale of your room and then just sort of tap it and sort of quote unquote, place it in the room. And then you can take a picture of it. So you can sort of look at it afterwards and assess how it looks and it's so smart because if you want to see, you know, does a purple chair look good in the room with the orange walls, you can find out. You don't have to sort of worry about ordering furniture and what it's going to look like when you get it or if it's going to fit or does this color scheme work. So these apps do all of that for you. Yeah. How great would it be to lay it out on your phone spatially? Because that would be an easy way to do it. Pick, lay it out, save it, then throw on some goggles right? Some virtual reality. Oh, there you go. And now it builds the room for you in full, kind of in full, you know, virtual. 3D. Yeah, that, that would be, that would be pretty cool. I think this is only going to get better in, you know, it's been interesting. You know, you always got to get the motivations in the right place. You got to get the businesses who need this the most. We struggled for a long time with AR and VR, uh, finding the right place for it. And Microsoft's been promising like, Oh, you're going to do surgery with it. Although, you know, maybe we should do surgery on frogs first. Start right? there. Yes. Let's start, let's start there before we start doing real surgery. But it sounds like to me, actually, now that the hype has kind of died down, we're really actually probably getting some apps into the space that are actually useful. And, you know, you can, I could imagine too, where, you know, I might take my phone, hold it over, via, hold it over an engine and say, hey, where is my engine? Where's my uh, air filter? Or, you know, what, what should I look for to disconnect my battery? Some things that are real simple, but for, I mean, have you looked under the Fixing hood? Fixing your car? toilet, right? Yeah, like right. where, where is the ball cock? Right. <laughs> Find exactly. out on the app. No. And right that on. is a legitimate toilet yeah. part for anyone <laughs> who doesn't know that. Well, and I, and I wonder though, if many people, since these phones and the apps are becoming so popular, do people even realize they're using augmented reality when they're doing this? Or to them, is this just an app that's doing something really cool? Like I'm thinking of this. Uh, so the app I had used was cam to plan sounds very similar to the app you were talking about. And as you're walking around the app, like the corners are you showing up on the ground even I didn't even really equate that like, oh my gosh, this is amazing augmented reality tech. I just thought, okay, this is a really cool app. Uh, I think a lot of us are forgetting that kind of, oh, now, and that's almost better. When a technology becomes so embedded that you don't realize it and it's just, it's part of an app, I think that's a good sign for augmented reality. And then we'll start to see it in the more advanced, like you guys said, surgery um, and other areas, but we're starting to get so used to it because we're seeing it everywhere. Snapchat, a Snapchat filter essentially augmented reality it's putting that Absolutely. filter right on your face and and people don't even realize that's what they're using every day well or apples and emojis right yeah, everybody oh, made that, a big deal out of apples yeah. and emojis when they came out with the iphone 10 right. and that's exactly what that is is it's augmented reality yeah. and you, i think you're hitting the nail exactly on the head that people don't sit there and go oh i'm going to use my augmented reality phone device to create right. an animated emoji they're just like wow look it i'm a unicorn that's all they care about <laughs> So when that when VR gets to that point, that will be nice because 
augmented reality has gotten to that point. We're using it every single day. We're not hopping into VR very often yet, but I'm guessing it'll it'll probably have the same effect as as a uh, AR. You start to mix up the, the terms there and become just as popular. We might not even realize that we're using it as much as we are. Do you think it's because of the quality? Because I know a lot of the so. virtual reality stuff that I've tried. I mean, it's impressive. Don't get me wrong, but I I'm not so lost in that world that I want to stay there for an extended period of time. Right. It's the so barrier of entry for the really nice experience. You yes. can get the Google goggles, right. And put them on and you can do the Samsung stuff. But like you said, the, the quality's not there. The experience isn't fantastic. Some of the other experiences are great, but you're going to pay a pretty penny to have that experience. And it's going to take up a lot of space in your living room. And there's right. all this stuff. Whereas augmented reality, it was, it was, Oh, it's in my Snapchat app which I was already using. So, oh, and I'm using it. Kind of cool. There's no barrier to entry mm-hmm. with that. I think, you're, yeah, I think you nailed it. Yeah, I think, Aaron, we're probably a couple more years from oh, from getting the power consumption for those, right? And then mm-hmm. getting the right chips in the right place at the right speed to make all that work. There's been a lot of complaints in the VR side of people getting sick because the refresh rates can't aren't fast right. enough. And course when the when the human body starts detecting those kinds of things are going wrong it thinks that you've eaten something bad <laughs> and so you immediately throw up that's why the you don't want to throw up in your virtual reality oh no, you know and it's like oh things aren't going well you ate something bad get let's get rid of it right now that's why you get sick right it's a natural reaction to it but it's 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 super interesting that i think we're still a couple years away from it being really good mike i think it's going to sneak up on us like you just said where a lot of hype around it. This kind of seems to be the hype cycle. A lot of hype around it. Uh, unfulfilled promises. Over over promise, under deliver. People stop thinking about it. That is the point when it gets really good. You know, yeah, and or like, it's when it's integrated into something we already have, right? Augmented is already is in our phones, which we already have. I don't need another device. When my pair of glasses, Jim, when your glasses right there all of a sudden switch and you're in a different world with those glasses, I mean, that's going to be where this is when it's incorporated into stuff we we already have. If your room can become a different place, if your um, things like that, where it's not, you're going out and buying a dedicated VR experience. Besides gamers, I don't think many other people are very interested in that experience yet. I'm yeah. not looking to escape this world and go sit on a beach and pay $1,500 just to go sit on a beach and say, oh, isn't this pretty? Not only right. anyone's having that experience. And how often do you have to fix the ball cock on your toilet? Seriously. Like, Aaron, I hope you're not having to At fix it a twice. lot. <laughs> At least twice. At least twice. It's, um, well, I think there's some interesting, I think we're still trying to find the right, like I think augmented we found and it's getting better. Virtual, again, kind of to the, to the, to the, you know, gamers world a little bit. That's kind of where it's taken. Ken, it's in the chat room. Anyone seen the good doctor show? They use, they use that for surgery. Yeah. I was actually just going to bring that up. Ken it's probably it's fake. A... I'm sure that's not oh, real yet. Well, and I don't know how I was going to ask my buddy how close we are. To that. Like I know CSI, we're very close. Right? None of that stuff is real, but I mean, they can do it. <laughs> they just can't do it in a day or right. they can't do it in two hours. Horatio on CSI Miami, he'd have those guys locked up by the end of the day. I'm like, it doesn't really work that way, <laughs> but that's okay. You know, so I think yeah. TV is always ahead, right? So I, I would be a little hesitant to say TV is close, but it is always a predictive indicator of what's coming, right? I think we have seen a lot. I've mentioned this a ton of times on Star Trek Next Generation, as bad as that show was and as nerdy as it was, they all had what? They all had these. They all had handheld devices that were 
walking around with doing things. And I was always kind of wondering, what are they do? Why are they touching that? Like what? There's no, there's no keyboard on that thing. How can that work without a keyboard? Right. When that show first came out, like how can they be typing things? It's just a screen. Right. And guess what we have today? Right. You know? So I think Hollywood or television is always a little bit ahead. So I think those things will be coming here um, pretty quick. So, well, Aaron, thank you for, Jumping in tonight, and and if you were to say, I ask you this question every time you're on, but kind of, your what's your favorite personal gadget that you're using right now that you couldn't live without? I mean, what do, what are you kind of tied to? Hmm, I am going to go with. I just got uh, I upgraded my phone from an Apple iPhone eight to the ten, and I love it. I can't put it down. I love how it works. Really. Um, it's seamless. I've, I think we've talked about this before. I'm kind of Apple all the way. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a stretch for me to upgrade to the 10, but just in terms of how fast it is, how much it does, um, the new technology, the lack of home button. And I know there's other phones out there that did the no home button be- way before Apple did, but it's nice to see it in this device. So that's probably my number one device. Um, I've got the Amazon Echo Plus. Amazon finally came to Canada um, early last winter. And I'm loving virtual digit digital assistants. Mm. And I think it's so handy. I thought it was the dumbest idea, the Google Home and Amazon Echo when it first came out. I'm like, why would you need to talk to a speaker? I right. can type things into my phone. And having got one and tried two. I just think it's so handy. It's so convenient. It controls all my smart lights. It controls all my music. It answers questions. It sets timers for the oven when I'm putting something in. It sets alarms if I want to take a cat nap. They're just, they're really clever and it's almost kind of scary, but fun how quickly they'll integrate themselves into your lives. You you get dependent on them and but in the pre-show before you jumped in, Mike jumped in and I had the music blaring. Yeah, our my device is plugged in through the system so I can say things to her and she'll show up during real time. One of the cool things about it recently is it's listening after you've stopped something. So if you say, hey, stop the music, I always say pause, and then it'll listen for a few seconds. You have to turn this on, but then you can say things like thank you and she'll say no problem. Or there's a whole bunch of different, you know, different things that'll say. I used to do that, you know, just automatically. I'd say, hey, turn the lights off. And they'd go off. I'd be, hey, thanks a ton. And, of course, nothing. But now it's a, it's fun to see what she'll say um, when you're done. I think that that's the next step in getting these things to be able to do multi-step tasks where they don't. It's just not one thing at a time. And you have to say, hey, wake word, do this. Then it's done. Wake word, do this wait for it, you know, where you can just do one after the other, after the other. So they're getting pretty convenient. Mike, have you turned that on at all on your device? I'll check if I have. Can, so can you stack, besides just saying like, thank you, Dan, you can stack commands. Yeah, can you do you can, ands, mm-hmm. turn no. off this light and this light? Uh, I don't know, but what I do is separated. say, turn this off and it goes off. And then I say, turn this off. You don't have to use the wake word again because it's gotcha. listening. So it, okay, eliminates that yeah. wake word. I got to check if I have that on. I mm-hmm. don't know if I do or not. Brand, pretty brand new in the last couple of weeks. Okay, then so, I probably have it. And I have a lot of my lights grouped for that reason. So I can just, you know, turn off the no, right on A lights, right? Mm-hmm. It turns off the ones except for in the bedroom when I'm going to bed. So like I can that. do some settings too with that, right? Where you can say turn on this mode, and that's not the right word. 
but it is where it'll do a bunch of things for you go into this mode. It's morning mode. Right, so right. it's going to go in and do all these steps for you. And I've been planning on getting more into that and trying to get those set up. I haven't spent the time to sit down and actually play with it, but I should because I'm giving about three commands at night throughout the course of the night where I could probably just do one mode for bedtime mode or morning mode. Aaron, have you attached lights and other home automation stuff to it? I have lights. I have door locks. I have another speaker. What else have I got attached to them? It's primarily the lights and the music for me. So, you know, when I come in or I I wake up well before dawn most days. So just to be able to, you know, as I'm walking down the hall, hey, wake word, turn on the turn on the lights in the kitchen for me. And it's there. That's really convenient. And then, you know, you can do things like uh, what's the news today as you're getting your coffee ready. You can heck if you've got the outlet plugged in and it's connected you can say start the coffee maker for me if you want i mean there's there's not really any end of things that that you can automate with this kind of technology so that's that's what i like it for it controls most of the lights in my house right now and i love it i want it to sense that it's me and that i'm awake and it want, it should ask me would you like me to start the coffee maker i mean i think i don't mind having to talk to it but I think that next step is some intuition. repeatable, yeah, intuition. Like, hey, that should, good morning. That's you something know. that I think HomeKit um, or whatever the equivalent is on the Google side has a really unique advantage where they could do that. Because I've thought the same thing, Jim, where what got me thinking about this was my Apple Watch. I now wear it at night because it tracks my sleep. It knows when I'm moving, if I'm restless. Okay. So, and it alerts me in the morning. Hey, you slept for six hours and 58 minutes like last night. So it knows when I wake up. Okay. So why doesn't that integrate with HomeKit? and HomeKit could then turn on the bathroom light and start the coffee maker and do all that stuff for the, if you have a wearable or even your phone, right? Your phone knows, Hey, if I reached over and picked you up and then I kept picking, like I, I didn't just set you back down. I'm probably awake. And maybe an interesting concept. Oh, some a little more presence. And in a British voice, I wanted to say, "Can I draw a bath for you, sir?" You know, <laughs> or something like that. You know, you're like, "Yes, name yes. of device, whatever Jeeves, that is." Please, Jeeves. Yes, Jeeves. Yes, Jeeves. And would you please bring my cigars and smoking jacket? Yeah, you know? and my Make cocktail. Bubble bath this morning. <laughs> and my cocktail. Like, um, sir, it's five thirty in the morning. <laughs> Don't talk back. Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk back to me. Um, uh, Tony in the chat room says, he says he likes the adapter or you can put it in the, you can put the device in the car and they have battery, you know, or you can, you can plug those in. And if you want to take it with you, you can, for whatever reason, we also, I bought the wand. So that was a failed device that has a, that has a switch on it where you can just talk to it. And you can also scan in, um, items. So if you run out of, um, macaroni and cheese, you just take the box and and then ah. it'll take it, send it right to your phone. And then the next time you're on your phone, you can say, hey, actually buy this. Or I think you can voice command buy it, one of the two. There's a fridge that'll do that. I think it's the Samsung refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And there's a company that has either just released or is about to release. I want to say it's called iFridge or iFridge Cam. And same idea, but you put this camera, you mount it on the inside of your refrigerator. And... I don't know exactly how it works, but it maps out your fridge and knows when you're out of stuff or when things disappear from the fridge and it'll populate it into like an Amazon shopping list for you or something. I'm trying to get my hands on that. I really want to see if that works because that would be genius. Oh, those, and you know, to go back to our virtual or augmented reality, um, you know, it would be nice. We've always had this kind of um, idea for the fridge where 
as you're taking things out, it knows what you're taking in and out. And then when you run out, um, what about if it just, um, instead of that, you could just hold your phone over what you have and it would quickly identify everything and then kind of say, Hey, you don't have this or scan across. And it says, this is what you can make. You have all these things. This is what you could make for dinner. That kind of stuff is, that's the augmented reality. I think that's really, really helpful. That would be super smart. Right? Somebody, um, because we've thought of it now, because you've thought of it, somebody must be doing it. And if they're totally. not, Jim, no, whoa, not go. Me. But you know, it'd be great is that with alcohol. So you would put it over <laughs> your bar, you would just cross your bar and then it'd be like, these are the drinks you can make. You've seen there's a robot for this, right? I've the, Just the hands that are. No, oh. it's, it's a machine. And I, I don't know the name off the top of my head, but it's like a box, kind of like a really big coffee maker. You pour your different liquors into these, oh, you know, tubes yeah. or whatever in the back, and then it's automated. So you're like, hey, robot, you know, uh, I'd like a martini. Or, you know, it measures what you have in the back of the machine. It'll go, well, based on the, the alcohol that's in here, I can make you an old fashioned. And it'll just spit it out a spout in the yeah. front, instant drink. Yeah, so I want a my, hurricane. It's just like okay, just <laughs> make me a suicide. Yeah, the um, Sarah really likes. She she would not want to be put out of a job because she really. By the way, I got my Taylor Swift. That oh, looks her. good. Yeah, a little cranberry juice, little little uh, white rum. I think is, a, and then a little uh, little lemon in it. It's not not very Even difficult. Even the garnish, Jim. That's fantastic. Oh, she's listen. She does. She's dynamite. She she does so many great things. Such a great bartender, and she'll just do it. I just ask, "Hey, can I have that?" And she's like, "You bet!" And she makes it for me. So, pretty uh, lucky. I was gonna say, Aaron, your significant other, pretty lucky as well because you're into gadgets. Like we talk about the wife acceptance factor on this show all the time. Like, I we can't really get this unless there's a wife acceptance factor to it. You probably drive. Are you more tech savvy in the relationship? I think I, I am with some things. I would say with gadgets, I am. But he does software and website development, so which Man, nerd boggles family. my mind. Nerd family. So, right. yeah. <laughs> so he's over there. that stuff, but I'm the gadget person. And he's so funny. He's so patient. I mean, I've got boxes coming to the door, you know, three or four times a day. And the living room was filled with boxes that I'm not even kidding were about five or six feet square because we had home theater seating mm. delivered that I'm reviewing. Oh, oh. And oh. so that took up the entire living room. Wait a minute. You're doing it because I'm thinking about buying some home theater seating. Wow. When's the, when's the review? I'll have to watch your site. So I'm hoping to get it up this weekend. Um, but so far, spoiler alert, um, they're pretty fantastic. Again, not a gadget that I would have picked out for myself. Yeah. But having been given the opportunity to try these out, um, the company that I'm trying out, it's a Canadian company called Valencia Home Theater Seating. And they make motorized uh, leather, LED lights, mm -hmm. you know, lumbar support, mm -hmm. cushion, wow. everything's automatic on them. And they're fantastic. I mean, if, you, if, you if you're really serious about a home theater, yeah. no. this is the kind of thing that's no. just going to put it right over the top. Not, these are, these oh, are more on the high end then when you look at yeah. Oh, yeah. home theater seating. Yes. Well, okay. I, I wouldn't say they're that expensive when it comes to furniture. Right. I mean, as far, you know, if you're going to buy a couch, you're usually into it for a couple thousand dollars. I think it's been yeah. a while since I bought a couch. I mean, a nice one. Sure. Yeah. yeah. 
So, I mean, this didn't seem to me to be all that far off of buying a nice piece of furniture. So if that's, you know, if you were going to get yourself a really nice couch with a chaise or something and maybe a couple chairs, if you opted for something like this, you might kind of come out even. Mm -hmm. And then you've got sort of this dedicated home theater experience. So how many times do you get to keep what you review? Oh. That's one we were like, oh, let's give these back. Difficult. I do, I do have to give these back. And this is where my patient husband comes into play because he had to help me, you know, manhandle them down the stairs. There is some assembly required. It wasn't much, but, you know, and then we've got boxes that are six feet square and I'm trying to go like, where am I going to put these? Right. So, but it's great. He's super patient. He helps me with that stuff a ton. And then every now and then, you know, when I think he's like, oh, I've had enough of this junk. He's like, we got the coolest home theater chairs. <laughs> and I can hear he's talking to his friends or to his parents or to somebody you else. Really he's excited. like, Aaron got this amazing light thing. You should see it. And, you know, I think he's like totally maxed out and heard enough from me. And That's then good. I hear him talking to his friends and saying how much he likes certain things. And I'm right. Like, oh, it's a bonus. It's a huge bonus. We're with the kids gone. Sarah's in, on this really crappy couch here that we've, that just, you know, the kids just destroyed in the the 20 years we had it. We did it on purpose. We bought really good furniture, but we thought we we're going to get all the kids through it. Then we'll replace it. And so I really thought I'd probably sit in there with her more watching movies if we had some home theater seating. And so we've been thinking, I've been thinking about mm, how many, you know, how many of my pennies do I need to save to be able to get into one of these? So I have to watch your review on those Uyghur, I we should totally podcast from home theater seats. I'm like, down for you that. should have one. I should have one. We're kicked back. Maybe go headsets for the, you know, for yeah. the podcast. And we're just chill, some popcorn overhead camera. Oh, Cause you'll yeah. be. Yeah, no, totally. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's going to be more of a straight down <laughs> look. You'll no, be, right you on. can lay almost flat in them. So yeah, you'll get comfy. Right on. And then about halfway through the podcast, you're asleep. Right, <laughs> about forty-five <laughs> minutes in, I'm asleep, and the guest is like, "Well, I guess I'll just finish this podcast on my own." There we go. <laughs> the going Aaron, to bed. I will. I will have to watch the site for those. I, by the way, I the the best way I think the best Aaron Lawrence experience is on YouTube. Oh, and thank so you, folks. Should go out to your site. Uh, all the links necessary are going to be in the show notes to be able to do that, and then follow you out to your YouTube channel. Um, is there an easy way to find the channel? Just there is, yeah. Um, so it's youtube.com slash Aaron Lawrence TV. And okay. I think I do have a link on the blog, which is techgadgetscanada.com as well. Okay. Subscribe to it. So when you go out there, subscribe to it and click the notification bell. You're going to want to get notified when Aaron does updates. So I yes, wait please. for those toast notifications to pop up and I'm like, oh, Aaron's got a new video. So we go out there when I can. We go out there and pop in and watch those. So that's the I, that's the best experience. So Aaron, thanks for all that you do and appreciate you coming on again. Always great to have you. By the way, your keyboard always gets comments. Yes, it does. <laughs> My yeah. old fashioned. Uh, no, that's super, that's super great. Aaron, we're going to wrap the show, but no need to keep you around for that. So again, thanks for coming on. Always great to have you. And hopefully your spring will not be too far behind. I hope so too. Thanks so much for having me back again, back guys. Now. I had a real blast. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. You can just drop and Mike and I will wrap up the show for you. Okay. So you guys thanks, have Aaron. a good night. Bye, Mike. Take nice care. to talk to you. Oh, always great to see you. On see you guys soon. Well. You bet. Take care. We, um, oh, that's so great, Mike. She's she so brings great. the coolest stuff, but I always leave wanting to go spend money now on certain things. So I've really got to. She's so great.
Like, sleep I, on I, it. We're, pretty, sleep on yeah. it. <laughs> we're pretty lucky to have her jump in here you know, she, yeah, the, a couple notch. times a year. Uh, pretty awesome. All right. Let me wrap this and we'll do a little crypto conversation. Don't forget, if you want to support the show, you can do it through Patreon, but you don't have to. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Patreon gets you in there. If you want to contact me, send me an email, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can do it on Twitter. Lots of Twitter conversations going on. That's kind of our place lately. It seems like we're getting quite a bit of Twitter traffic. So if you want to join us out on Twitter, some Tony still gets the award, best tweeter of all time. Like Tony Rayner. Tony, your tweets are awesome. I'm just going to say it. He's, if you ever want to see how to like have, be a good Twitter citizen, Tony Rayner is the guy. I just, yeah, he's the model citizen. He's, yeah. Tony for Twitter president. Tony, your stuff is super good. So thanks for all the work that you do out there, Tony. I appreciate it. If I want to get a smile, I just go look at his feed and we appreciate it. If you want to join us on Facebook, head over to facebook.com slash groups slash the average guy. That'll get you there as well. Don't forget the average guy.tv platform, both web and media hosting. Powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. You know that's Christian. And, of course, you can get more information. Visit maplegrovepartners.com. Plans start as little as $10. I told some of you we were trying to get Christian on for a Cyber Frontiers, and we'd just been missing each other. So we had planned two weeks ago, but something came up on my schedule this week. Something came up on his schedule. We'll get that back and to get another Cyber Frontiers out there. We appreciate LastPass for their sponsorship of the show. If you want to head out to lastpass.com, or actually really reasonable plans to get in on LastPass, get all their functionality and never lose another password again. Mike, I've been doing a lot of their secure notes for all my crypto stuff. So I go in where I need to remember like, okay, is it on Binance? Is it on Bittrex? Is it on Polonianx? Is it on, like, where is the crypto? I've been using their secure notes. That's a good, good, good way to do it. And it, it syncs it across all of your computers, which is my favorite part. Yeah. Right. No, I can get it off my phone or I can get it at work or I can get it. So the secure notes, it just seems like the right way to get that done. There's a free plan too, if you want to get it out there. So just, just jump in lastpass.com. Give that a try. And we thank them for their sponsorship of the show. Don't, don't forget. We got t-shirts as well. Head out to the average guy.tv slash shirts. Mike, I said a couple of weeks ago, we weren't going to do a meetup. But has that changed? Might there be a meetup in the fall? I don't have no info an yet. yet. Okay, all right. We're teasing a little bit. Maybe, maybe there's there's maybe a not. slight possibility. So we're seeing. We're gonna see. Maybe not. I oh, I wait, told Mike weird. that he's and he was like, "Hey, wait a minute. Maybe we could do something." Yeah. So we're still trying. So even though I said it's off, not a, not all we'll the way. Week. Off. We'll know in a week. Yeah. No no worries. We're yep. just just no. We're th- we're 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 talking about it again, and that would be. Kind of cool. So, so you got to listen all the way to the end of the show because we're only going to talk about the meetup at the yeah, end of the show. All the way at the end, the way it's going to be. So, we are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, after the average guy on TV live. We'll do some crypto conversation in the post show this week. Don't forget, it's free. So, head over to the average guy.tv slash Patreon. Mike and I will do another hour. I got a bunch of updates for you on the crypto stuff. So, if you want to go over there for this week on Patreon, free for everybody. Again, the average guy.tv slash Patreon. With that, we'll say goodnight, everybody.